It's Jen. As you continue your reframing journey, I'd like you to think about, meditate on, pray on, journal about, or maybe even reach out to me about this. I wonder what would happen if you were the kind of person that you would want to have in your life. This is a really difficult question to consider because we'd all like to think that we are exactly the person we should be, but are we? And is this even the same thing as being the person you'd want to have in your life? Who are the people that you like to be around? What do you like about them? What expectations do they meet? I know that I love to be around people who are fun, graceful, and confident. I expect and hope that the people in my life will be kind, patient, caring, and supportive. It would be just lovely if the people in my house, I mean, in my life, were always grateful and helpful. That's the easy part. This is where it gets harder. Are you that person to others? Are you that person to yourself? Treat others the way that you would want to be treated. The golden rule. The most basic of concepts in theory. So why is it so hard for us in practice? In the last episode, when we talked about stress, we said that we often save our worst behavior for those we are closest to. Because of a concept we said was non-volition, we feel safe and comfortable. Like we can be the worst version of ourselves and they're trapped. Stuck with us. They can't get out. What if we brought that person we would want in our lives into theirs? When I complain about work, I want my husband to listen and to hear me, to pay attention to what I'm saying, and to support me, to always be on my side. But do I do that when he wants to complain about work? When I make a mistake, do I want someone telling me, well, I told you this would happen, or lecturing me, telling me how I should have done it, or how their way was better, or how they knew the answer and I didn't. Of course I don't. So why would my teenager want to hear that? Do I respond well to someone telling me to calm down or that I'm being dramatic? That would be a hard no for me as well. So again, why is it surprising that a teenager doesn't respond well to it? How would your relationships improve if we applied that type of empathy to them? If we saw a situation and decided to be the person we would want around us, if we were in that position, our relationships would take on an entirely different level because most of us have the same fundamental needs. Be the strength you want to see in others and you'll make them stronger. Bring the kindness and compassion you want in your life to others' lives, and you'll start to feel it too. Be the patience and understanding that you need. Surround others with the joy, gratitude, and happiness that you want around, and it will surround you too. But I know some days that's a lot harder than others. I heard one of my favorite instructors say in an interview, that we need to be the superhero version of ourselves on those days. And I loved that idea. I can't imagine that Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel wants to be super every damn day, 
But sometimes you just got to put on the gold boots and cape and play the role. Be the kind of person who you want in your life. Can you be that person? Maybe it's your favorite version of you. The version of you that you imagine if you are asked to close your eyes and picture yourself walking throughout your day. Can you be that kind of person for those others in your life? But what about for you? Can you be the kind of person you want in your life, in your very own life, like for you? We all love compliments. There's barely a person you can find who doesn't brighten up even just a little bit when they receive one. Many of us walk taller when a random stranger tells us we look beautiful. Awards make us feel accomplished. Likes and fire emojis from people we haven't talked to IRL in decades make us feel amazing. Why do we need others to bring that type of positive presence to our lives? I wonder what would happen to ourselves and to our lives if we were that person in our own lives. If we told ourselves we look beautiful and didn't need that random on the street to say it. Why does her opinion mean more to us than our own? What if we read a report we wrote or looked at something we painted or tasted a food we cooked or a garden we planted or maybe listened to a podcast we recorded and gave ourselves an award? Why do we need external validation to feel accomplished? Why do we need someone else to tell us at a girl? Why do we feel so much better about ourselves when some girl from high school puts a fire emoji on our picture when we know she was probably just Facebooking wine drunk? Instead, many of us tend to be our very own troll, picking ourselves apart, questioning our work, criticizing our appearances, and criticizing our capabilities. And usually, just like an online troll, it's typically completely unsubstantiated. So instead, on this half beat, between us talking about communicating in your family and raising your teens, use a few minutes to think about you and what would happen if you were the kind of person that you would want to have in your life. If you spun around, put on those gold boots, showed up as a superhero version of yourself, and said, at a girl. Email me at jen at reframing-me.com or find me on Instagram at reframingme or on Twitter at reframing underscore me. I'd love to hear what you're discovering. I hope that you'll take this time for you. And then you can come back for episode five, where we will talk about Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, and how you can use them to improve your relationship with your teens.